Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, crafting, creativity, and life in a northern town. You'll find show notes at mycreativecorner3.wordpress.com. You can leave a comment. You can sign up for my patron site. You can purchase a virtual cup of coffee or even sign up for the newsletter. Come back weekly and we'll chat. My name is Vicki and welcome to the podcast. It's nearly Halloween. It's definitely had the spooky fall vibe around here. It has rained and rained so much over the last couple of weeks. And it feels like it's been super dark and rainy for the last month, which usually happens in October around here. And I feel like I'm hibernating already. We've had a few dustings of snow, but it hasn't lasted. I think we even had one day where we got about six inches of rain, I think a week ago. And our town, our county was under a flood watch. That never happens because we are the highest elevation in northern lower Michigan. And our ground is sandy for the most part. But there are lots of lakes and rivers and there was a little bit of flooding. So it was fine in town um, where I live. Everything was good, but it's just been one more thing on a super strange year. I think that 2020 is going to be like the Voldemort of <laughs> years, you know, when it's all over with. The year of which we will not speak of. And it's like all I do is speak of it on this podcast. I find it kind of funny. But I don't know. I feel like um, October has also brought about the second level of the being tired and being bored and being cooped up feelings that happened at the beginning of the pandemic. You know, we aren't in a full official lockdown. Um, people are going to the stores with masks on and people are having, you know, some things that are kind of normal. I mean, I did. We went to a apple farm last weekend and it was socially distanced. People did a really good job of staying several feet away from each other. Was it always the six feet? I think so, except in the little store that was, you know, a little more crowded. So we didn't stay in there long. Um, but it felt like we finally did something that was normal. And we also ate out in a sit-down restaurant, um, a socially distanced meal. I wouldn't do that all the time because, you know, I, I, I still feel that those are places where COVID can be spread. But it felt good to be with my family and visit with them. And, you know, the same with the week before. We did have outdoor dinner with friends of ours and caught up with them, you know, helped her launch her business with, you know, a handful of other people. Um, her husband has had cancer twice. Um, he's doing great. And it sounds like um, th the treatment for the second cancer will be minimum. You know, and then I saw my parents before that on two or three socially distanced outside visits. But now that the weather's getting cold, 
and we can't visit outside. And most of us have very small homes, you know, uh, yeah, my family has opted to not have the large four generations of people gathering for Thanksgiving and things like that. You know, and I'm okay with that because so now it's just like, so what is life going to be like? And that's when October it hit. It's like, ugh, you know, there's me a home alone because my husband is working outside. He's an essential worker too, and but he is working outside the home. I'm working in the home. And you start doing all of these wild and crazy things. <laughs> so, you know, being, you, you're looking for things to do. Um, I've kind of rekindled a passion for true crime. I watched, binge watch basically, the entire two seasons of Making a Murderer on Netflix. Fascinating um, how you're only fed a little bit of information through the media. Well, this case, they... They messed the whole thing up. And so it's just watching several different appeal process and the story of these two men in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I know where that is. I used to live there. So I just, I just got hooked in the story. And I'm also um, really, <laughs> I get into the Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix and I binge watch most of that. Now I've discovered a few new episodes. So I'm watching those. I like the old forensic files. Um, yeah, I'm watching all of these spooky shows um, in September and October, especially. And of course, I've been kind of late to the party listening to my favorite murder. And I really enjoyed the audiobook that they did. So that's what I've been watching. And Football. Football. I know. I was kind of like, maybe I shouldn't watch it. You know, they're not having fans in the stadium for the most part. A little couple thousand people in some. But it's just like there comes a point. I watch NASCAR too. I'm so desperate for some sense of um, entertainment and normalcy that I've, I've, I like football though. I just, it, during a pandemic, is it really necessary is my my thought and based on how the pro teams are playing um no <laughs> it's not um college you know that's that's a whole nother story but I'm watching some football so what have I been sewing since last time not much I did sew a a, a quilt that I did and I don't think anyone joined me with a sew along on my Facebook group but it was something that Quilting Jet Girl had a layout for orphan blocks or blocks of a certain size. And the center of her quilt was plain. And it was just a circle of how to lay out squares in a modern circular pattern. I have given away, um, let me talk about orphan blocks a little bit. I used to test blocks for Quilt Maker 100 magazine. I don't know. It's been over 10 years. And so I did probably 15 blocks a magazine, which meant that I was generating probably 50 blocks or more, maybe 60 blocks a year. And I did this for several years until I just needed a break from it. And then eventually the program quit. But I had lots of orphan blocks. And then when you make quilts, you usually do a test block. When you design quilts, I've over the time I've had several 
quilts and magazines. And so you test blocks, you test ideas, some work, some don't. Eventually I had a lot of blocks. I don't even know how many I had. But over the last couple of years, I even, in some of the groups I belong to, I even offered up, you know, hey, is anybody in the continental United States want some of these blocks? Because I'm never going to put them all in a quilt. I gave a bunch away to my family and friends who sew. And then I mailed out close to a hundred, if not a hundred blocks to people. And I still had a drawer full of blocks, some 12 inch, some six inch. And so I kept the, my favorite ones of the bunch. And so I put them in the circle with the 12 inch blocks. And I thought, well, mathematically the center would equal my six inch blocks. And so that's what I did, a checkerboard of my six inch blocks. And now I'm down to not very many of those orphan blocks at all. In fact, I have a few blocks, which I call bonus blocks from quilts that would make cute little doll blankets or table runners. So those are collections that I just need to sew up and quilt. So that Quilting Jet Girl is a free tutorial. She has several free tutorials on her website. They are fantastically written that she is a very good pattern writer and she's incredibly creative. And I would look up her circle quilt. And then all I did was put my little six and a half inch blocks in the center and filled the space. It was super fun. And I, I have a little memory of all of these projects I worked on and I didn't throw the quilts away the quilt blocks I use some of my favorite ones up and my friend um, has a lot of interesting blocks and there's a book block there's my happy hour drink test blocks there's um, stars and just all different kinds of things oh coffee she goes oh you should call it my favorite things I'm like that's a great title for a quilt made out of all these orphan blocks and they're my favorite blocks I just love it I also shared that I did a YouTube tutorial on an improv block that I did for just as a jump start just to try to get creatively going again um I don't know September I got pretty sick with a some sort of a cold. It was not COVID, but it was a sinus thing that lasted for weeks and weeks. And then it took me weeks and weeks to recuperate from it and all the antibiotics I took. And I just needed a creative jump start. And then it's just like this creative stagnation took in in October. And, you know, I don't know what it is. I think it's just pandemic. Part of it was work has been incredibly busy. I've been very tired. So it's like this triple threat combination of not doing lots of things. Um, and sewing is seasonal for me. So I finally came to this realization. Sewing quilts is seasonal. I do that in the spring and summer. And then starting about the end of summer, I start really getting a lot of long arming quilts to do from customers. And that's where I'm at now. I've been working through the stack. And I've been doing a lot more long arming. So I took a break after doing several large quilts for customers and put on my bookshelf quilt that Angel and I did as a quilt along this summer. You can go back and look at all the videos she did. It's a great way to jumpstart improv skills. 
and we made bookshelf quilts. And my mine is very personalized. It has teacups and plants on the shelf, and it has some really wild and crazy fabrics. And I decided to use this bright, sunny, yellow, sunshiny border and shelves for the bookcase. And this is my pandemic bookshelf quilt. I bought so many plants during the <laughs> the pandemic and some of them were outside plants and I brought them in. I have no room for any more plants. We don't get a lot of sun this time of year. So my seasonal affective disorder lamp that I've been using for the first time ever, I mean, I've talked to people about it for years, but it really does help. And it's so dark. I mean, it's dark till noon most days. And then we only have a couple of hours of week sunshine right now, if it's not raining. And then I've been, I thought, well, if this lamp works on me, maybe it'll work on the plants. I looked it up and it said, yeah, sure. So I've been putting light on me, putting the light on this overabundance of plants that I have in the house. A lot of them are my succulent pots that were outside on the porch and they're doing really well. I have one dragon tree that's not doing well. So if there's any plant people out there, I bought this at Lowe's. So my whole thing about plants is I haven't spent much money. They're either given to me or rescue plants off the clearance at Lowe's. And the dragon tree has three braided trunks in two of the trunks the leaves all died when I bought it so there's only one trunk left that has this spiky it's a green spiky almost looks like a palm with a little stripey in the leaves and the tips are all brown and I don't see a lot of new growth in there and trying to follow the directions but it just looks sad 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 I've put neem oil on it to keep the bugs out of the soil and trying to perk it up but it's not perking up I'm not giving up on it though because I've had plants where I've had them for you know months and months or close to a year before they show signs of growth but I'm like it's just kind of a sad looking plant it's all these spikes with brown tips and I don't know why. Maybe they overwatered it at the store. Um, I because I've bought several plants from the store on the clearance rack, like African violet this year. I bought and a calico, and um, I don't even know what other things. If I oh a pothos, they overwatered all of them. And once I got them home and they got a little dried out they have all done phenomenally well except for the dragon tree so I need dragon tree tips please for anybody who has a green thumb so we've been putting up the light <laughs> I've been putting on my diffuser with all of its October apple cider spice and fall harvest spice and I have a vial of oil for peppermint too so I'm pretty excited about that. So the bookcase quilt went off. And as I ended the bookcase quilt, it started acting up. The machine did. Started bird nesting and breaking threads on the bottom. I was so upset. I'm like, ugh. So I called the repair shop in the larger city because they're all busy. They're just all busy. And I, this is where I bought the machine. And I said, um, what is your service time? And it's about a month, you know, you drop it off and about a month or so later, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got, you know, six, seven quilts of customers to do. They're not on a deadline, but I can't be holding them for months and months. But at the same time, what are you going to do? The machine is broken. 
So I started troubleshooting it and I went through, I re-threaded, I re-did a new needle and pulled the bobbin casing out and really cleaned the bobbin casing. And then I looked down in the bottom. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of like stuck dust in places that's normally not. And like, that's really weird. So I cleaned it all out. I got my oil out and I have oil in a tube. It's a tube with a brass extender and that had gotten gummed up. And then I realized how old my long arm is. It's over 10 years old and the oil is over 10 years old. I took the oil out of the plastic bag to keep, you know, because it drips and leaks and I don't want it all over the place. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the oil has turned green, most likely from the brass um, extender tube. But it also was leaking around that. And it was like, uh, is it algae? Is it just discolored from the brass? I don't know. It's so disgusting. And I realized that it wasn't really dripping a lot of oil down in that bobbin hook where you oil it. I'm like, oh, maybe it's just dry because it seemed like over the last quilt, it the oiling wasn't working right. And it was dripping around the edge of the bottle and, and it felt gross and, I, and then I got really disgusted at looking at the green and like is that green floaters Ugh. so I ordered new oil and I thought okay so we're going to troubleshoot it all again I reset the needle re-threaded it I oiled it oiled it twice and then loaded on the Halloween quilt that I made with Tula Pink's De La Luna fabric and I used the just get it done quilts free um, pattern for how to use a layer cake. And so, oh my gosh, I love that so much. I think I'm going to do another one in scraps just to play with some scrap as a, as a color exercise. It's called the No Fail Layer Cake tutorial on her website. So I have my quilt loaded at the very beginning. It, it gummed up on the bottom a little bit. So I ripped a couple stitches and then I oiled it, pulled it all apart, and I found big dust bunnies stuck in the actual hook area and in the machine on the bottom. I don't open my machine. I let the professionals do that because every time I do, I break something. And you know what? I haven't had my machine serviced in about four or five years. And they told me that it doesn't need to be serviced that much. Just bring it in when it starts acting up. And I'll tell you what... I, it works great now. It was probably the oil. And I'm like, it's amazing how simple, simple fixes. Um, yeah, it, it works great now. Reoiled the whole thing up on the bobbin and cleaned all the junk out, respun a new uh, bobbin of thread because, you know, every once in a while the tension can get wonky. And I'm telling you, works like a dream. So I'm halfway done. I'm approaching the halfway mark of my De La Luna. I'm free motion quilting it with spirals that look like eyeballs and um, spider webs around the sugar skull women that are in the corner. This is a Tula pink fabric. And so as I go, I'm making up, uh, making up free motion stitching and kind of letting the quilt speak to me. Now the very center is a skull. So I may do something just kind of simple like outline the skull and the eyes are heart-shaped and do some like crazy swirls there's some bats that are in some of the prints and may try to do some halloween bat-like um 
stitches and I'm using a light gray thread. I really like the Omni thread. So what I've been doing, and I'm wondering if this is part of, you know, the problem is for the first time ever, I've been using Omni thread on the top in a smaller so fine thread in the bobbin. You know, so fine is a thin thread, but you can also buy a bobbin thread for your long arm. It's called bottom line. That's almost like a micro filament. I'm like, so why would this be a problem? But maybe for my machine, it's old and maybe it is. So the next quilt, I'm going to use the same thread in the top and the same thread in the bottom, not having two different weights of thread. Maybe that's causing the bobbin backlash or something. I don't know, but I'm not a long arm fix it specialist. So if I just, if it, I run into another problem, I'm just going to call my customers and say, I had the you know, machine has to get serviced. I mean, I'm not going to do a quilt for somebody that's got terrible tension and looks horrible because that's terrible service. So that's where I've been for sewing and quilting. Yeah, that's it. Isn't that just like, so not me, right? But what have I been doing? Well, I have been doing um, a little bit of crochet still. I've like rekindled my love for crochet. It doesn't hurt my fingers as much as knitting does. Um, I have arthritis in both hands and all of the knuckles of my fingers and it's starting into the joints in my hands and wrists. And so there are times, especially this time of year, where my hands hurt a lot and things like gardening, I can only do so much. And that's where part of my 15 minutes at a time, you know, 15 minutes at a time is my mantra for everything, including exercise and doing things, housework and work, just because it helps my ADHD brain, but it also helps my body. So I've been doing this meditative linen stitch shawl that I bought a pattern for and it's called the Jane scrap shawl and I am on the fourth or fourth or fifth shawl that I'm doing and I like just it's truly meditative the only other thing that I've ever done you know is two other crafts that are this meditative and free motion quilting is one that's why I love doing it so much and the second is Zentangle. I literally can put on some meditative music, work on these stitches and kind of just meditate on positive things and doing some meditative exercises that I have done most of my adult life and coming up with, you know, some solutions to problems while I'm doing this meditation. And I figured out, you know, a couple of things that I realized were things that were bothering me. And part of it is the things that you miss during a pandemic. And that is, as much as I am an introvert and I've trained for this working from home and being at home and not traveling as much my whole life, I do miss a lot of interaction with people. And that's what most of us are, are saying you know it's it's the giving up the gathering it's giving up the events the um big celebrations and what we call you know things that are you know one of those moments in your life that you don't forget because everyone gets together and celebrates weddings funerals babies um 
celebrations of life. Yes, even for funerals, you know, marking those with ceremony. And I I miss that. And I never used to, but the older I get, the more I miss. And I think part of it is nostalgia, but part of it is we are social creatures. And I'm realizing I'm buttoning up for a long, isolated winter. And that generally doesn't appeal every year and this year it kind of really doesn't appeal at all but hopefully by spring there'll be some other opportunities to get together with family and friends so I yeah I figured that out worked it out mentally during my zen moments of meditating trying to do some meditation every day without a bunch of television going on and just working on the this these internal problems and some of them are just I'm I crave having the problems of pre-pandemic life right all those first world problems that I used to really worry about did you Mm -hmm. yeah those kinds of things so so I just felt like right now I need these meditative crafts and trying to do things that are too much What's the word I'm looking for? They take up too much brain power and brain space. I, I'm just not jumping into that. I mean, that's like real complicated quilts. I put the Dear Jane away. Uh, I got stuck on the second row. I'll dig it out later when I have the brain space or the motivation to do it. Lots of internal creative energy. And then, and I may dig out the um, Kinship fusion, fusion Sampler about halfway through that. I may dig that out more towards spring. I want to get all of, I have probably total five, six, seven customer quilts and I probably have five or six of my own to do. And I want to focus on that because I love the free motion quilting. It's not as taxing. I find it just mentally very liberating and zen and I can meditate on it and same with crochet knitting is not as zen for me enhanced sewing is not as zen for me but those two things right now are and I think I'm going to resurrect the zen doodle or the zen tangle things into my art journal put my art journal away for a while because I just found it hard I, I had a block and I wasn't feeling that it was it was just not being purposeful just kind of became random stuff but I got stickers from Renee's um, with mind and heart and I absolutely love her artwork and she did a series on Michigan and so she made a beautiful Michigan so I want to end the podcast on my latest art journal entry and kind of tell you a funny little story about me and Michigan. The state of Michigan that she drew is filled with wildflowers and it's watercolor and it's very beautiful. And she also did a sticker called Ope, O-P-E. I didn't realize I said Ope. Oh, I do. I don't say A as much as I used to. And that's more of a Canadian thing, but I'm um, two hours from Canada. And I spent two, eh, one year in the Sioux. Yes, the Sioux, spelled S-A-L-U-T, St. Marie, which is where I went to college for one year. And I lived on campus, and most of my 
roommates were Canadian. And so let me just say, with the sticker and Ope, I decided to do a companion page in my layout about things Michiganders say. Now, Kristen had a great idea of me using all of these words in a sentence. So I will tell you a little a bit about me and Michigan, which hashtag Pure Michigan was a big tourist ad campaign, um, and it still is for tra- the travel, um, the travel uh, marketing. And so this is a Pure Michigan um, segment of the podcast of things Michiganders say. So as I get going, I'll tell you the word that how we say it and what you may translate it to. And this all came about because I got super stuck. Oh, it's getting worse and worse. Maybe because my accent is getting older and I never thought I had an accent. I thought I talked like all the newscasters on TV, which is supposed to be the accent free American English. No, I, I guess I do have an accent because the computer automated attendants cannot understand me. Everything from no to yes to want to, I say, I'm trying to exaggerate, but we say two, 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 one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three. So it's kind of ew on it. Um, you know, and I'm really listening to it now and feeling self-conscious about it, but that's what threw me into a, I get put on hold a lot with my job. And yes, you're like, as a nurse, really, yeah, I call a lot of insurance companies and I call a lot of, you know, places about medications and authorizations of different things. And I get put on, put on hold a lot. And part of it is because the automatic attendant can't understand me. Give give us the number of the patient's account. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Please give us the number of the patient's account. One, and I repeat it four times. Then I push zero or one a hundred times so someone helps me. You know, and then it's like, what can we help you with? It cannot understand me. And it made me laugh because I feel like that old um, meme going around where the Scottish people were in the elevator trying to tell the computer what floor they wanted to get off. And oh my gosh. So that's how I feel, even though I know my accent isn't as thick as a Scot, but I am of Scottish descent. And my grandma did say some very, very Scottish things. <laughs> okay, so here goes. So my name is Vicki and I live up north. Okay, up north is a Michigan thing. Up north means you live in the northern tip of the lower peninsula, not to be confused with a youper. Youpers are people who live in the UP. They live in the UP. True youpers are lifelong residents of the UP. That's right, up. The UP is Michigan's upper peninsula. So I live up north. People come up north on the weekends from downstate. Downstate is um, what we refer to anything south of mid Michigan, the downstaters. They come up north, or I'm going to travel downstate to go to Ikea, which is outside of Detroit. And I went there a couple weeks ago. So in my story, all the tourists come up north from downstate. And most of them stop in my town on the way to the UP. Because many people consider the UP 
the best place to get away because of its natural beauty and it is a very rugged and rural place even in the summer and in the winter I would describe it as desolate because they get not as much snow as I do in my hometown but it's windy it's very frigidly cold and there isn't as many amenities in the UP. They call us who live below the bridge the bridge is a Michigan term for the Mackinac Bridge. It's the bridge. Trolls, because we live below the bridge. Isn't that, I thought it was very funny when I heard that as a kid. I never was called a troll before until I came up north and realized that I was a troll. Some people will call them flatlanders. Those are the people who live even further south where it's very flat and farmland. I happen to live in an area that's very hilly, but I am still a troll. So we go to party stores to pick up our quick shopping when we go on road trips. So party store is a Michigan term for a convenience store, like a gas station with a store. I didn't know that party store was a local colloquialism, colloquialism until <laughs> my husband was in the military and we met a bunch of people and I said, so where's the nearest party store? And I'll go buy some beverages and chips. And they laughed and laughed. And one girl who was from Michigan, she goes, this is such a Michigan thing going to the party store. And I went and picked up some cards to play a game that we play here in the Midwest, which is not is well played in other places called euchre euchre is a card game where you have five cards and then you try to take each hand with you and your partner with the highest card so that's an explanation of euchre so when we lived outside of michigan i found out that most people played pinochle and we played cards a lot growing up because there was another no other form of entertainment this is before the dawn of the internet. This is before cable television. We played board games and mostly as you got to be an adult, you played euchre. I played a lot of euchre and I'm a little rusty, but I could probably still get a good partner and beat your pants off in a card game. But I've forgotten how to play Pinochle, so you would beat me. We also like to go to the store and when we go places or where we work for a place we usually add a s i didn't realize that this was an issue until my daughter moved out of michigan and lives in virginia and she lived in texas before but i would say we're going to walmart's or my friends work for ford's ford is a big auto factory you know where they build cars for ford so I'm going to Myers. Now, I've always justified going to Myers, and you'll hear me say that a lot on the podcast because it used to be called Myers Thrifty Acres, but I realized that we do add S's because I'm going to Aldi's also for my groceries. I don't go to Walmart's as much. I tend to go to Myers and Aldi's. And when I'm there at Meyer, I buy pop occasionally for parties if I don't go to the party store. Pop is our word for soda and there are two very famous Michigan beverages that you for a long time couldn't find outside of Michigan and that is Fago which is a flavored pop that I believe is a Michigan-based 
Michigan-based. I think so. And they made all kinds of wonderfully flavored pop that was really cheap. Used to be able to buy cases of it for a couple bucks when I was a kid. So we always had them at every family reunion and party. And my favorite Fago is cream soda, where my husband's favorite Fago flavor is red pop. And Verner's is the universal pop that you give to anyone who is sick, regardless of whether it's a hangover, stomach flu, or just plain old having a bad day. Verner's is a ginger ale that definitely was started in Michigan. And now the good news is, is when um, my daughter calls me when they have the stomach flu in Virginia, there is one store, I think Harris Teeter, that now in Virginia carries Fago, which is infinitely sweeter and better than Canada Dry ginger ale, in my humble opinion. However, Canada Dry as a mixer is much better. We also call the tourists who come up north um, in my little town uh, fudgies. Fudgies is a word used for tourists because most fudgies uh, destination is Mackinac City, Mackinac Island, and other places that sell candy. And the number one thing that they sell to tourists is fudge. And so you can go to most places. There is a candy store in my hometown called the Chocolate House. And they sell fudge as well as other chocolates. So fudgies come up north and spend lots of time. We are in between seasons now in October. We're waiting for hunting season to start. Mid-November is gun hunting, and that is a day we get off of school. And some businesses actually close on opening day of firearm deer season. And my husband's actually going deer hunting this year for the first time in 10 years with his uncle who has retired and moved back up north from downstate. We call people, instead of saying y'all, like they do in the south, um, people, when I'm referring to a group of people, I say you guys. And it doesn't matter if it's a group of male or female or mixed group. It's you guys. <coughs> Excuse me. So you guys, we're going to the Sioux to watch the boats and the ships come through the locks. Now there is a lock, a very complex system of locks for very large freighters where they can go from Lake Superior down to Lake Huron. And in the lock, they go into canals where the doors are shut and they raise or lower the water to take the very large freighters. I think the biggest ones are a thousand footers and they go through. That is a very Midwest thing to do to go watch the freighters. It's not super exciting for young people, but I've always enjoyed it. I've always, and you can see a YouTube video I've made of the freighters going through. I don't know, something about the water. Michigan people love water. We're very close to water or a little lake or a river everywhere. And I enjoy watching the wildlife around the water. And I also enjoy watching the ships as sailing. There's lots of sailboats as well as the big, the big freighters. So in ending, um, I say this a lot and I know that most of my friends do. And I picked this up from the um, Charlie Behrens, who is a Wisconsin comedian. 
And I'm going to end my little segment the same way he does, because I say this to most everybody we know, because we live in a very, very small town. Tell your folks I says hi. And so that's my little story about all the Michiganisms that started with the sticker that Renee did with Ope. And Ope is used like whenever something happens and you bump into somebody or you go around the corner with your shopping cart. You know, we call them shopping carts in the grocery store. I know in, in England, they call them trolleys and go, Ope, sorry, didn't see you there. Ope is usually followed by sorry. And instead of saying sorry, we just say, Ope is short version of it. Ope, I made a mistake. Ope, I dropped my medicine. Ope, I dropped the bottle. Ope, I dropped my scissors. Ope, my needle. I say it all the time. <laughs> I have become quite self-conscious about my ope. So <clears throat> that's what I've been doing. I've been exploring things on Netflix and um, watching some, you know, these true crime shows. I haven't found anything that's caught my interest otherwise. And I haven't caught anything um, that catches my interest for reading. And I'm just kind of listening to more podcasts and audiobooks. And um, I think I'm going to re-listen to The Alchemist because it's my go-to comforting audiobook that I just love, love, love listening to. So that's podcast for this week. I haven't been doing as much exciting things. I've done a couple of experiments yesterday in prepping for Christmas and I'm hoping to get it down to more of a science. I used some shrink plastic for the single disc that I can punch a hole in the center for shawl closures. And if you're part of my, uh, my Creative Corner 3 Facebook group, you can see the experiment on that. I'm also making my big goal this week. I have about 15 or so wee yogurt jars and I put it up for public comment on how to get that sticky off the jar. And after much um, suggestions. And I've had many failures. Uh, I washed them. I soaked them. I peeled the lab The labels are plastic, like a vinyl. And when you peel it off, there's this real sticky, thick residue. And Goo Gone, my go-to, didn't quite take it off. So alcohol kind of melted it and, and loosened it up. But my sister gave the best advice, which is use an X-Acto knife to thin the layer of residue and then I used alcohol and that seemed to loosen it up a little bit and then I took Goo Gone and that got rid of a good chunk of it and then I washed them in hand by hand with Dawn dish soap multi-step layer and I realized I'm not doing them all at once I'm going to do one at a time because that's about 15 minutes to do all that and that's all I can do for one day and then maybe in two weeks, I'll have all of my wee yogurt jars clean and ready to be upcycled for some super fun projects that maybe I will be able to talk about in a few more weeks. I was just so mad. It's taken me this long to figure out how to get those jars clean and all the labels off. Then once I'm done with it, I'm going to run them through the dishwasher again. And then before I apply any decoration, I'm going to just rub the area with alcohol again. But you know, alcohol is so hard to find during the pandemic. It's like you don't want to waste it because, you know, it's a hard commodity to find. But if you keep your eyes peeled, 
I know you can find it. So that's a wrap on this podcast. Remember, you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee on my website. Please think about joining the My Creative Corner 3 Facebook group. I have a newsletter that it's going to go out. It's probably going out quarterly now. Um, if you want to have insider tips on what's happening and offerings that I'm going to be doing, as well as you can support the podcast through my patron program or the one-time donation, which is buy a cup of coffee on my Etsy shop, my creative corner three. Thanks everybody for all of your support. I really enjoy getting your comments and I did get one Apple review from Carrie and her review is um, Carrie Sue and it was a couple of weeks ago. So sorry it took me so long. Oh, um, sorry it took me so long, but she said, quilt on Vicky. Vicky's podcast is my absolute favorite. I sit down with a cup of coffee and simply listen when a new episode drops. It's like coffee with a friend to me. Thank you, Carrie. I really, really enjoy catching up with you online and having a friend with coffee, even virtually, is absolutely wonderful. I enjoy reading the review. So please uh, feel free to do uh, a review on wherever you listen to the podcast. Apple seems to be the um, Apple podcast seems to be where most people listen. So give me a review. It helps grow the podcast. And also I can actually um, read what you're writing, but maybe you and I can have more of a conversation and we can network and keep the quilting and creativity going. So thanks, Carrie. I really appreciate your review. Until next time, everyone, I wish a most wonderful week upon you and that you have more sunshine than we have had here. And I really hope that you have some of the um, problems going on that you had before the pandemic, because life then was so much simpler, I think. Anyway, everyone, enjoy your week. Make every moment count. Be creative and quilt on, everyone.